Hi, I'm Debbie, compulsive overeater, bulimic. Hi. Um, this feels daunting. <laughs> um, I had a friend, uh, a fellow, who came to me, and, um, and she's like, oh, it's not as big as it seems. I've heard the podcast for years and the recordings. And, and so, of course, in my mind that I like to make up, you know, what things are going to be like and plan, I had, oh, it'll be this nice little intimate meeting. And I came, I was like, oh, my God. Um, anyway, um, all that to say, I'm so grateful to be here. Thank you, Michael. Um, and um, this would not have happened eight and a half years ago which is when I um, first came into the rooms of Overeaters Anonymous. And what got me here was that I I was coming up on another, in my mind, um, big birthday that was going to end with a zero. And, um, and I couldn't, I was in the state again of, like, when am I going to get over this shit? Oh, sorry, can I? I don't even know if I can. Uh, okay. Um, but, of, of, you, know, wait, you know, waking up, hating myself, beating myself up for what I had done the night before. You know, I was a newlywed. I'd been with my um, partner for years, but, we, you know, I was newly married. And all I could do was wait for him to go to bed. Um, at night so I could be with my food and my TV and my just, just check out of life and, um, and then do damage control the next day. Um, and, and so to go back to what it was like growing up, um, I grew up in a, um, it, for those on the recording who can't see, I'm um, not Caucasian. I grew up in a um, state that was predominantly Caucasian, a uh, very prominent religion in that state, and my you know, parents were immigrants, and um, I, came, I got ingrained in me, for whatever reason, that I was just not enough. I was not right. I was not the right ethnicity. I needed to change everything about me. There were a lot of comments that I took about my body and it not being right. Um, things where I just thought nothing, nothing was right. <laughs> and, um, and I loved food. You know, I always loved food. I did weird things with food. I would, you know, like color code food, um, hoard food. And um, when I was a kid, I was sent overseas and for the summer, and they would ask me, what do you want to eat? And my answer in another language was something white. Which, you know, could be flour, could be sugar, I don't care, just something white, you know, like, I really like doughy stuff, though. And, um, and so, you know, that's just what it was. And I liked volume, I, you know, I started to do the things, I didn't know that they were bad, but I would sneak food, I would, like, start to, you know, I was, I, you know, we just had a Halloween here, you know, like talking about hoarding candy as much as I can get, you know, and, and keeping it and just wanting that, that sensation. Um, and I'm going to take a breath. I'm speed here. Um, it brought an ease and comfort that I didn't know that I was craving. Um, you know, and at a certain point when I was in my teens, I think I realized, like, oh, I think I need to go on a diet. I don't know why. You know, I was very athletic as a kid, um, and um, in my mind, as far as weight-wise, I've, I've, 
you know, ne- I've never, if I'm being really honest, I've never needed to lose weight. But in my mind, I always needed to lose weight. Um, it's like my, a mirror is like a fun house mirror. I just have total, like, body distortion. And um, anyway, so I found a diet, which was by accident, which was the watermelon diet. You know, I just, I love watermelon. And when you all you eat is watermelon, you're going to, you know, lose weight. And that was fantastic. And then, and then the next um, summer I tried it again, and it didn't work. But I thought because it worked, you know, and that's kind of a cycle as well as far as trying a cleanse and having a great response, trying a diet, having a great response, and then wanting the next thing to happen. So, and having, wanting to do it again and it just not having the same results. So always searching for that thing. Um, anyway, oh my gosh, I'm all over the place. Um, um, when I was about 15, I discovered bulimia. And that was... Um, some girlfriends were like, we're going to do this thing after school and stick our fingers down our throat and have some Ipecac syrup. And I was like, I don't know what you guys are talking about. You know, I watched them. I was like, this is the grossest thing ever. And then I went home and did it in secret. And it became my thing to just do it in secret. You know, I never had a binge buddy except my dog. Uh, you know, and, my, and he was my purge buddy, too, frankly. Um, because, yeah, that's just what it was, and he was my soulmate dog. Um, but that and started the cycle of binging, purging, and everything that, that encompasses that, um, you know, laxative, diets, restricting, the calorie counting, the notebooks with every single thing that's going in, and then how much is coming out. You know, it's like mathematical calculations. Um, and then when that particular behavior would um, take a little hiatus because I thought that was a problem. If I could just not throw up, everything else is fine. It was just whack-a-mole. You know, it was like them, you know, the over-exercising, the going to the gym, the, the, the not eating. Um, so that was what it was like. And I never thought, I always, my, my mindset, I'm just going to grow out of it. I, it's something you do in college, maybe early 20s. I'm going to grow out of it. And I just never grew out of it. And so, um, to fast forward, when I came into the rooms, like I said, I, I, um, I, I felt like, well, this is just what my life is going to be like, you know. At the same time that I found OA, which I had known about because um, I searched it out 10 years prior and did a drive-by of a meeting, um, and they had these blue books that people were reading, and I peeked in, I was like, oh, no. You know, and I had 10 more years of experimenting on my own um, before I got back in here. And um, it was um, my partner um, who I watched in recovery in in another program find his way. I was very skeptical, but he at one point it worked for him and um, and I could no longer blame my eating and my unhappiness on his issues. And I really had to take a look at myself. And, um, and he said, gosh, I wish there was something that I, I found for you. And I was like, I know there is. Or it's like all the way. So I went to a meeting, and it was weird. There were like three people in that meeting, much different than this meeting. <laughs> and um, they were doing writing out of the book. And I was like, why am I writing on this stuff and sharing it with random strangers? But I did. Anyway, so I started auditing. I went to different meetings, and, and I just, I, I audited for a few months. I didn't want to get a sponsor. I didn't want to, I really wanted to know what I was going to get at the end of that 12 steps. 
you know, I want to get to the end. If I read a book, I want to know what's going to happen. Um, <laughs> is, is all this going to be worth my time, you know? So all that to say, um, after a few months, I went to a convention, and it's like, if I don't hear something here, then I'm out. You know, I'm just going to keep doing it on my own. This would be my lot in life, I guess. And um, I, I heard someone speak, and I asked her to be my sponsor. And she's still my sponsor. And it was that one-on-one relationship where we started working the 12 steps. Um, starting with step one, very basic. Basic, it's not basic, it's everything. <laughs> um, and looking at my um, powerlessness and my unmanageability. And I just, com- little by little, the higher power that I didn't know that I had just guided me to just take my time with her and just follow direction. And I just immersed myself in in OA. I mean, the podcasts were a lifesaver to me. I was, like, listening to them everywhere in the car, listening to them at night when I was going to sleep. Um, and they really, they saved me because I needed a different message that I was giving myself. Um, and they still do. You know, it's, um, thank God for technology. And um, it's scary to say, like, to know that I'm being recorded, like, oh, my God, I'm sharing myself. But that's what this program has been able to give me is I've received so much from fellows, and I don't, you know, I don't know what anyone will get out of this, you know, and that's not my business. Um, But we started working the steps, and I was able to find out for myself what my abstinence was, um, which, because I, at the time when I came in, um, the bulimia was on a, um, a hiatus, but the insanity was just as crazy as ever. <laughs> um, and so I had to find out what worked for me. And because of the years of restricting, um, I didn't know what foods I could eat and not eat. And there was a lot of experimentation in there. And thank God I didn't have to do it alone. You know, none of it I had to do alone. I could have... Uh, my sponsor was with me um, every moment, and um, and what I thought was going to be, I would never want, like, a food plan because it felt too much like a diet, ended up ha- has been, like, my saving grace um, as far as just structure, you know. I was someone who would, you know, bank my calories, essentially, and, you know, restrict throughout the day and then just have everything at night and, you know, my feelings were taken out with food. You know, I always had that something crunchy in my car and, you know, just so I could get it out. And um, and I don't have to do that today. Um, so we worked the steps. Um, I've worked them several times, and it's just become a way of life for me. And, you know, prior to coming in, um, It, it's, I, I just I had this aha at a, mo- at a meeting, you know, a couple weeks ago where I was like, I'm about, I'm at, so I'm eight and a half years in, and I feel like this has been a place to actually grow up. And I'm about eight years old. You know, prior to this, I didn't know how to live life without food. I honestly did not know how to do it. Um, and... Because I know what my alcoholic foods are, my alcoholic behaviors, because I have sanity and structure around that aspect, my life does not have to be unmanageable and just about the food. And when I have 
um, feelings, I have the 12 steps to go through. And I do have a higher power in my life now that um, I get to, I'm constantly like, like, not even rediscovering, just discovering and redefining. And when I first came in, it was kind of like this, um, oh my gosh, you mean I can have a higher power? You know, this, this higher power that I created for myself. I was like, it was so loving and beautiful and what I needed. And as I've grown in the program, um, my definition of that higher power has, has ebbed and morphed. It's never gone away. Um, but the more I uncover and discover the layers of the onion for myself, I'm just um, going through the steps again and just went through another um, inventory process the more it really is about that that core belief of who I am as, you know, my own worthiness as a human being and belonging on this, you know, in this universe. <laughs> um, because my disease wants to tell me that I'm not enough, that I'm not worthy of being here, and I have to prove my existence to take up any sort of space. And... And that's where the disease and the food really helped me out. You know, it, uh, it took me out of life a lot. Um, you know, I, I abandoned a, um, a career goal, a dream, because um, my disease just it took me out. And because of this program, I've been able to um, re-enter that with a whole new attitude, with um, with a higher power that is like guiding me and trusting that even when things are scary, even when I don't know, and even when I think that you know I can feel myself wanting to shrink and be small, it's like no, it's okay. You can just take a step. You know, get out of the result business. You know, feel the fear, feel your emotions, um, which I didn't know. You know what feelings were before I came in. I thought it was like my feeling. How do you feel? Hungry. I literally thought that was a feeling. <laughs> um, and then lo and behold, it's. I don't. You know. I don't think it's on the little smiley face feeling chart thing, which I actually had to print out for myself <laughs> to learn what feelings were. Um, and. How much time do I have left? Seven. Okay. Um, so, I guess what what I'll say is that I don't know how this works. I just know that if I take the actions, when I take the actions on a daily basis, my life seems to work better. I feel better. And when I feel better, I'm a nicer person. I'm still married to the same man. I no longer wait for him to go to bed um, so that I can be... Sometimes I want to be alone, I'll be honest. (laughs) But it's not about, like, getting rid of him so I can just check out. And learning how to show up in life um, and in partnership. Um, you know, there's a book, there's a story in the book. Um, uh, it, it's, it, it's where he taught, I don't know the name of the story, but um, it's, I think it's, it's the acceptance of the answer. 
story, but he talks about a lot about his relationship with Max and like where that was the hardest place to um, show up in program and you know, like take his program within his home. And I, for me, have found that to be true. Um, and the blessing is that in this program, I've been able to learn and learn how to take that into all of my affairs. You know, through the traditions, through the steps. These are things, I, again, I did not have coming into this program. And I didn't think that, like, coming into a 12-step program to deal with my food issues was going to resonate in all other areas of my life. All I cared about when I came in was, like, I just want to stop hating myself. I want to stop doing this shit with the food. And, um, and so... Wherever anyone is in their in their journey right now, you're exactly where you're supposed to be. Is that's what I want to say, um, and it's something that I get to remind myself always. Oh yeah, I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be, which is right here on a Saturday morning with fellows who understand, you know, um, compulsive um, eating. And what what um, I do on a daily basis just to get, you know, how I work my program. Um, that again has evolved over years. It didn't start out this way, but you know, I, I wake up and I connect with my higher power every morning with prayer and um, and meditation, and that's the first thing. Thank you. You know, whereas in the past, the first thing was like, should I go for a run? Should I not go for a run? Should I stay in bed? Should I not? You know, those were my first thoughts, and and it's just a different way of life now. You know, and then I have my rat, my afternoon breakfast, which for the most part has been the same thing for years now, and it works for me. Um, and and just inviting God into my life, and I use that word, and I use other words, and whatever it is, it doesn't matter. It's our own conception. Um, it it really. It's it, again. My life is better <laughs> with that, and I, I, like I said, I have a food plan. I, um, I, I sponsor. I go to meetings. I've always, I love commitments. Um, it, it's a great way for me to show up at meetings is to be of service, because um, otherwise I don't want to. Why would I want to come? <laughs> My disease doesn't want me to come, you know. So um, that's what I do. Um, I do daily inventory and steps, and I just I work the steps, you know, to the best of my ability. And um, when that noise comes up that I'm not enough, that I'm not doing enough, I'm I'm not away enough, whatever it is, it's gonna show up. I just go, okay, thank you, you know. And meditation is a big part of that to um, just let that kind of thought, thought go, you know. Even you know, yesterday, I was talking to my sponsor. I was like, oh yeah, I think that, oh yeah, leaving that meeting, that's. And it's recorded, and you know, and some fear came up, you know, my ego and whatever it is, and it's like, okay, it's a thought, you know, let it pass, and that's all it has to be. And when the food thoughts come up, oh, there's a thought. I mean, maybe there's something there to look at. Maybe I'll do some writing. Maybe I won't. I don't know. Let it, you know, see what happens. I don't have to now jump in and fix everything. It doesn't have to be solved, right? Now, so I can feel better. That ease of comfort that came from that first bite, then followed by restless, irritable, and discontent. <laughs> you know, so um, I'm just I'm grateful to be a compulsive overeater. Um, 
I wouldn't have said that eight years ago. Um, and yeah, I don't. I think I'll just I'll end there because that's really I think all I have to say. And um, thank you. This is the time for questions only. There is no sharing at this meeting. If you need to share, please do so with any one of us after the meeting. Also, please remember that the opinions of the leaders are my own and not those of Overeaters Anonymous as a whole. When asking questions, you need not identify yourself if being recorded. Please remember, if you ask a question, your voice may be audible on the OA podcast. If being recorded, please receive the question. After it is asked, question and five, you will get a five-minute warning. Okay. 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 Are there any questions? Um, great question. Um, the question is, how am I currently working the steps um, through the big book, and um, and as it's laid out um, through the columns, and, and we're going through it very um, methodically, and it's. Um, I guess I, I guess the short answer is as, as it's outlined in the in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. Yeah, and I'm, I'm doing it in a workshop setting. Yeah, this time around. Yeah. Thanks for your share. Could you could you describe your morning routine and anything you do daily? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, describe my morning routine and what I do daily. And um, I touched on some of it, but basically when I wake up in the morning, I, I, um, I write um, a daily inventory um, and surrender it to my, to my higher power. Um, it's a daily fear inventory. And then I meditate for 20 minutes. Um, and I get up and eat breakfast. Um, and that's, um, that's every day. And I, I try to do the inventory and meditation um, twice a day. Um, I'd say 80% of the time it's twice a day. And, and the... Um, the afternoon inventory and meditation sometimes just life gets um, busy but um, but at the end of the night um, always connecting back in with my higher power um, right now um, I am in a, I'm in another program so I go to three face-to-face meetings regularly and then some some others here and there and I listened and I'm on um, a couple of different phone live meetings and um, and those are my dailies. I, I do sponsor, and we have regular calls, and I call my sponsor regularly on a daily basis, and I email her every night um, what I've um, eaten, and, um, it's ch- and as well as um, gratitude, and, and that's changed, and sometimes I'll add more and, and, let, and other things to that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so you mentioned... Um, used to like, save up your food so that you could have it last you know, kind of do that every once in a while and um, and then you know you said the structure around your food now prevents you or saves you from doing that. Can you describe that structure? Yeah, yeah. So the question is um, the structure around my, my food. Um, so I eat three meals a day and I have an optional snack um, and within those I do not I don't weigh measure. Um, I will say that over the years, 
uh, years in, I realized my breakfast, which is still the oatmeal, was, um, that's, there you go. That's what I pretty much eat. <laughs> um, um, I have started measuring that just for my own sanity so that I could get some perspective on what I was putting in my bowl. And it just, I, that took years. And it just came when it came um, in that aspect. Um, other things I don't weigh and measure, but I do have a beginning, middle, and end to my meals. And, um, and the optional snack is in there when it's needed. And I have um, had to adjust that sometimes. Like um, I trained for a marathon at one point, and my restrictive brain came in. So I had a, that discussion with my sponsor about maybe you need another snack during this time, you know, those sorts of things. But my rigidity wants to be like, oh, no, is that, you know, like take control. Um, yeah. So I hope that answers that. What do you do now on food calls or food calls? Um, great question. So what do I do when food calls or when it calls, if it calls? Um, I would say I acknowledge it. I bring in my, I ask my higher power um, for a long time. And I, for a long time, I haven't, now that I say, I'm saying that I haven't done it in a while, but would um, ask my higher power how much food was the right amount for that particular meal um, and bring my higher power into it. When it calls now, I'd say because I'm taking inventory, daily writing inventory every day, it, it comes up in my inventory. And if it's still an issue or if it comes up constantly, I definitely talk about it with my, with my sponsor or another fellow because I find that getting it out just takes away the shame and it takes away the sting. And I've had certain foods that um, I've had to, you know, I have had, I, you know, danced with for a bit, you know, and we just keep having that conversation knowing that it probably really wasn't about the food, except that it probably was because I was probably triggering an allergy that I didn't want it, didn't realize, you know. And so once I started, I just wanted more of that. Um, and, and then when it was time to just take, have that courage to go, okay, you know, I think just for tonight, I'm not going to have that thing, you know, whatever it is. And that's what I get to remember in this program, that it's just, just for one day at a time. I don't have to make any blanket statements about the rest of my life and what I'm going to do with food or not do with food. It's like, just for today, what am I going to do? And that's all I have to do. So. Hi, Yeah, yeah, um, great question. The question is, um, my change in relationship to um, visibility and taking risk and, and being seen is how I hear that. Um, yeah, it absolutely has changed. Um, I would say, and, and it's constantly changing. And, you know, I mentioned I, I was in a... Um, a profession, you know, came out here to do some things and, um, and this disease took me out. Um, and a lot of that, I was so tied to what other people thought of me and like, what does this mean? And I just was so resentful 
and would take things so personally. And and being in recovery has given me the um, opportunity to look at things differently, to explore. And some of that comes with age. Um, I'm just older, so so there's that. But but those same fears and insecurities are all there. And so part of my journey in this program, and it's coming up right now, so it's interesting that you, um, how about it's not interesting, it's no accident, I think the question's coming up, as far as like, okay, what am I comfortable with? What is it that I really want to, to um, how about this? The, a great example is in my inventory this morning, I was like, oh, there's that shrinking feeling. I'm shrinking. Literally, I felt like, oh, I just want to hide. Okay, there it is. There's some fear there. How can God help me? Like, just expand. Just That's really it. Like, help me show up. Just take a chance. Take a risk. And this is what I ultimately want. That's, you know, it says in the book, you get happy, joyous, and free. So at my core, like, what does my higher power want for me? To be happy, joyous, and free. How can that show up just for today? And to just take that risk and, and when those feelings come up, what I find now in recovery, is they don't last. It feels like when I'm in it, it's like I'm a piece of crap forever. And then it passes, right? Like, that's, that's the whole thing. When, the first, when I first put down the food, it was so scary because I didn't know if the feeling that I had was going to pass. And that's why I learned this program is that it did. And that's why I love the tool of pen and paper, the writing. Like, when I first had to put down the food and I committed to that, and I'm a good girl, so I didn't want to, you know, let my sponsor down. Um, you know, I just picked up pen and paper, and I just started writing. I had no idea how angry I was. And a lot of times, I didn't even know what I was angry at. I was just like, yeah, scribble, you know, like, get it out. And, and that still helps, is just getting it out. Um, which then I can release it, surrender that to my higher power, all that energy that I'm holding on to, and just bring some lightness in. Um, I hope that answers the question. Thank you so much. How has your higher power evolved in the past eight years? Um, great question. Um, how has my higher power evolved in the past eight years? So when I came into this program, I... You know, I had a lot of judgment about religion. I was not raised religious. Um, there was religious overtones in the place I grew up. How about that? And um, and I didn't ever think that there wasn't a God. I just didn't think that it was for me because I thought it was tied to religion, you know. And, um, and it's like, oh, that's great for all these other people, whatever. Uh, just like Bill's story. It's like, oh, it's there, there's, but there's like, oh, but how could there be a God, you know very much identify with what he, he, he shares in his story. And, um, and then when I was able to, like I said, get my, my first conception of a higher power and just write what I wanted, my want adds my higher power, and then take that on and say this, oh, my gosh, I remember the first time when my sponsor said, and that's your higher power. I just cried because I didn't know that was available to me. You know, and that higher power was a very loving, loving higher power who took care of me, and I needed that higher power. Um, and as I've grown, grown, I don't know, as the years have gone on in program, and I am seeking connection 
with a higher power. And as I've been able to, I think what's come up for me lately in the shift that's been making is even though I wasn't um, raised in any sort of, um, you know, traditional religion, my concept of a higher power would default still to this man in the sky thing, this patriarchal idea of a higher power. And ultimately, it doesn't work for me. Um, but it's what I would default to. And a lot of that is culture, um, you know, what I just, the culture I grew up in. Um, and what I'm finding is that, okay. I'm up here again trying to prove myself to the universe that I am worthy. Is that really who my higher power is? I keep constantly questioning. And my sponsor is always guiding me back to, as long as I'm I'm asking the question, I'm in the right space. You know, I want the answer. And for a long time, I'm just like, what is God? Who is God? I've got to find God for me. My personal God, you know, and like get this answer. And, And that's just not... It's not how it's been. So just having that gentleness. And and recently what I've just been, you know, reading outside things, outside spiritual things, is like just what it is now is really embracing the idea that we are all God. We are all part of higher power, whatever it is, consciousness. And that includes me. And taking up that space, whatever that is. And um, that's that's where it is today. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. Um, why am I grateful to be a compulsive overreader? Um, because it's given me a path to a higher power and a way of living, literally tools for life, designed for living, that I didn't have before this program. Um, again, just, you know, I grew up using food. I grew up... Um, thinking that other people were the problem, taking on other people's problems, thinking that everything was my business, that I had great advice for everyone, um, whether I shared it or not. <laughs> you know? And and that my way, you know, that my way was the right way. And because I wasn't getting my every all of my needs met and I didn't know how to express myself I would take it out on food, with food, um, mostly towards myself, you know, and it's my issues, stay away from me, you know. I didn't think that food, my food issues, had anything to do with anyone else, and that's just not the truth. Um, so ultimately, why I'm grateful is because it's given me a way to actually live life, you know. Um, it, it talks about life or death in, in the big book, and... Um, this really is a slow, it was a spiritual death that I was headed towards. Thank you. And, and food is, is like that. It might not seem like, you know, I'm going to be like some of the crazy stories that might seem like you, we read about in some of the books, but you know what? We can have them just the same, you know, driving 90 miles down the 405 and seeing my fingers down my throat. Um, while I'm driving on the freeway so I could throw up. Like, that's not, if that's not crazy, I don't know what is. And I have to remember those things, that that's what my disease tells me is okay to do. Um, and I don't have to do that today. I don't want to do that today, you know. But, yeah, so I'm grateful.
Um, no, yeah, uh, just to rephrase, um, how other people have received my being in recovery and program and how, and how I've responded. Um, so my, my husband's super supportive. Um, it's a way of life for us. Again, I'm so grateful that, you know, we both have our own programs, but a spiritual path, and not that it's dependent on him or not, but he was my Eskimo in that sense, um, and we have a common language, um, which is I'm, is a, I'm so grateful for. Um, as far as um, other people in my life, I, I haven't come right, I haven't told my parents like, oh, I'm in OA, I'm in a 12-step program, frankly, because I don't think they would understand or get what it is, and that's okay. What I do know is that my behavior around them, my attitude around them has changed, and they still just think I'm weird and eat weird anyway. You know, I'm, I, I, I'm vegan um, for not because of OA, but um, for other reasons, and they, they don't understand, and I, uh, you know... Um, they don't understand that. So they still like to comment on food, and they, it's always been that part of their best. How about this? I can observe that there might be food issues that I adopted from them <laughs> and, um, and attitudes toward it. So, um, so yeah, so that, you know, I don't, we don't talk about that. Uh, my sister, I think, um, she, she knows, but I don't think there's also a lack of understanding. And so it's from that aspect, it's just not that important. And um, what's important is that my relationships have changed, and I can take a more loving attitude. Um, I have a more loving attitude and accepting attitude with them. Um, and that's been night and day. And, again, my idea is having a conversation with a sponsor with them. I'm like, it's never going to change. Well, there's that word never. <laughs> um, it's changed a, a zillion, cabillion times over um, because all I have to do is work on my program. Um, so, hope that helps. Um, yeah? So, do you ever feel like you're uh, get that particular day of inventory? Um, <laughs> take, uh, say that again? Do you yourself, your, your partner who is in uh, your program too? Taking my own inventory? Oh, take his inventory. Oh, yes. <laughs> I'm taking my spouse's inventory. Yes. Um, and I had I had to. I didn't have to do anything. Um, I entered another program that helps with relationships um, <laughs> to help with that um, aspect. And for sure getting to see, you know, where my part is and, and um, and yesterday, you know, just an example. Yesterday, you know, I I love taking his inventory because, <laughs> right? That's that's the way I grew up. You know, I'm I'm a helpful spouse. I, 
funny. I'll just, you know, this is just getting honest. On the way here, like, I, I about texted him about something that he had to go do something. And I, the idea came to me. Oh, I know where he could then I'll wrap up, get this thing. And I started the text and I go, and I go, Oh, delete. Because <laughs> that's that pause. Because it's not my business. Because it's not my job to be his mother and help him figure things out, right? And I go, okay, why am I uncomfortable? And that's why I get to co- bring it back to me. Why do I feel a need to, like, do that, you know? And, um, and to know that I don't have to. And um, so hopefully that answered that. But work in progress. <laughs> progress, not perfection. <laughs> so, okay.